Welcome to the Self-Care Spotlight, presented by The Journal Deck, a product and brand rooted in self-care and living your truth. Hi, I'm Melissa Cousins, your host and The Journal Deck creator. Self-care might be a trendy word, but it's so much more than a Sunday. It's a lifestyle that can change your life. And in a world where we are more stressed than ever, we have to go deeper than occasional bubble baths and massages. Feel better, do better. This podcast is about getting to the heart of living your most aligned life against the backdrop of everyday life. Energy management, healing, radiance expansion, self-care elevated. Through my solo episodes and interviews with inspiring women who are just as likely to meditate as they are to curse. The goal of this podcast is to empower you to unapologetically take up space and make space. And remember, self-care can change the world by changing yours first. Are you ready? Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Self-Care Spotlight where I am bringing you the most somatic episode experience I have ever done with one of my muses, Andrea Nicholas. We're talking all things female sexuality and feminine embodiment as the counterpart to last month's episode with her beloved Matthew on redefining masculinity. This is all a part of season five with relationships. So this is relationship to female sexuality. Majority of you listening are women, so it's really about your own sexuality. Now, as Andrea and I discuss, we in no way want to appear tone deaf to what's going on in the world right now with coronavirus. So why did I personally decide to go ahead and release this episode? Well, first off, it's crazy that On the first Tuesday of March, when this last episode aired, this quarantine life had not hit us here in the United States yet, and yet here we are now, fully immersed in it, weeks in. So the reason I truly wanted to continue on with this episode theme in particular was because it feels like the antidote to the news and the overall gloom and doom and heaviness and fear and anxiety and uncertainty that we rightly feel right now. Feels like an antidote though to all of that. It's about having intimacy with yourself. Intimacy, I love Glow Maven said, into me I see. Mm, That's perfect, right? It's about having intimacy with yourself and what a time for self-reflection we are in right now. And it's about being in your body to get out of your racing thoughts that I know we're all feeling that. So if practiced from a grounded place, all of this doesn't imply naivety. It implies seeking the antidote. Presence and pleasure can be found even in despair. In fact, I think they must to get out, right? Because you just can't sit in that. Furthermore, you know, the feminine isn't all sunshine and unicorns. 
If the feminine is honoring where you are, right, then that might mean meeting yourself in sorrow or anxiety. We even discuss de-armoring. There's a good term for you there. You might have heard that before. We discuss de-armoring the cervix where we can carry tension and trauma. This episode is truly, it's one of a kind with, of course, amazing conversation and topics. But also it has womb breathing and vocal alchemy. Yes, you are in for a treat So maybe grab a cup of coffee, grab a cup of tea, or maybe go fold the laundry outside and put this podcast on to tune in. You're going to feel like you paid for an embodied coaching session. Seriously, it's so great. But before we begin, I have to tell you a little bit about Andrea and why I really wanted to have her on the show and and, uh, her background a little bit. So I've been following her for a while, Total Girl Crush. So stoked I get to talk to her and I'm getting to know her now on a deeper level. We've been talking and just feels so great to have her on. So she is a multimodality creatress. Uh, She's a sacred sexuality guide. She does feminine embodiment mentorships. She's a vocal alchemist and she's a voice activator. She supports women in returning to their feminine essence, understanding the body's natural rhythms, reclaim your radiance and unearth what it truly is to embody your womanhood. Her work orients around inviting women into a new relationship, a new relationship with pleasure, recalibrating their bodies to orgasmicness and finding the sacredness in their sex life. She blends together Tantra, Is it Tantra or Tantra? That would have been a good question for her. (laughs) Sacred sexuality, Taoism, and the psychology of sexuality to create a holistic practice. She also supports people in unearthing their version of authentic expression through voice activation. Get ready. This is going to be a beautiful experience. Hello, my love. Hello. Ah, oh, thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. All right. So, ah, all things pleasure. All things pleasure. Talking sexuality, feminine embodiment today. I am truly so excited and honored to have you on the self care spotlight. I have been one hundred percent girl crushing on you for a long time. <laughs> One hundred percent. Like, I'm not gonna lie about it. <laughs> so this is really, really cool for me. I'm so excited to just get to have this this transmission happen between you and I and the, the listeners today. So before we get into what I know we want to jam about today, I want to ask you to. Well, to be honest, like you and I talked about, um, we don't want to be tone deaf, as as you put it, mm-hmm. during this time that we are connecting. Um, that time being the time of Corona, mm-hmm. coronavirus, and we don't want to be tone deaf to the fact that that is happening in the world. 
um, you know, that we're experiencing social distancing mm-hmm. and quarantine and all of these things. And having a conversation about sexuality and feminine embodiment and pleasure and things of that nature, some people could say, you know, well, that is just the furthest thing that we need to be worrying about or talking about right now. And while we don't want to remain tone deaf to that, that fact, I know that you and I both share that this is important to talk about and, and we, we will get there, but to remain present with what's happening and the current events going on right now, I would love to ask you, how are you coping with everything that is going on in the world? I think we're what, like, are we three or four weeks into this? Um, it's all blending together. <laughs> yeah, it is really. I mean, how are you coping with all of this down in Austin, Texas, you know, in your new home that you just settled into? How are you coping? Um, obviously, you are there with Matthew, who was on the mm-hmm. show last month, and now you're the counterpart to this. That's <laughs> so cool. I just want to know, how are you coping, especially as someone who does the work that you do? I think people almost would expect you to be like, oh, she must be fine. She must, you know, be in her pleasure practice and everything is rainbows and butterflies and she's got it and she's good. So I just want to kind of ask you how your heart is doing and how are you coping with all of this (laughs) right now? What are you doing as well to stay in your essence? Thank you for checking in on that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a thing. It's a thing. And Oh, you know, I, like everyone, have been riding the waves for context. You alluded to it a little bit, but my beloved Matthew and I had just moved to Austin, Texas, gotten this amazing home with the specific intention of having a huge backyard to host conscious gatherings and an amazing ceremony gathering space for workshops and private clients to fly in. And here we are, we had this wonderful housewarming party debuting into the community and boom, all of us are isolated. And so there's been certainly a lot of waves of emotion far from just rainbows and butterflies. There's been grief and fear and anger and frustration and you know, a thousand and one different things that I've, I've felt within. And really the, the work, the practices have been my saving grace, um, being able to come back in, being able to be with myself in those feelings, in those emotions, in those tears, in that anger, in that rage, all of it. And being able to do things like get naked, go out in the backyard, you know, dance on the earth, cry all the tears, so many tears, and really sound it through and use the pleasure to move through this. And then, of course, you know, Matthew's been my anchor as well. I can't imagine um, like having moved through this time without him by my side. And it's been quite a journey. So... Why you said they're your saving grace, mm-hmm. and I want to talk a little about that. Why? Why is pleasure and the feminine, the feminine embodiment, why are those so important right now? In your opinion, in your own words, you know this is what you do for a living. Why is this so important in the middle of? crisis, you know, Mm -hmm. global crisis. Why bother, Andrea, Mm -hmm. if people Mm -hmm. are saying why? So the, the thing that I'm really feeling to share with this is that the spectrum 
is so much more vast. And you know, when we think of pleasure practice, what comes to the mind might be, oh, orgasming, happy, light, easeful, all of that. And I'll speak into what that can actually look like in a minute. And when we think of feminine embodiment, some people might draw to mind a picture of, you know, continuing to put your makeup on and do your hair and like, stay in that. And what I am feeling with that, when I say continuing to devote to your pleasure practice, when I say continuing to root into your embodiment, what I'm actually meaning is meeting yourself wherever you're at in the moment with whatever is arising and knowing that you can move through it. So a pleasure practice, it could be light and fun and orgasmic and playful and sensuous. It could also be roaring and screaming and clawing at the sheets and really processing through all of that great grief through orgasmic energy through pleasure it could also be sadness it could look like in this you're transmuting lots of grief that you're feeling and you're crying and holding yourself i cannot even count the number of orgasms that i've had which has been either you know like yelling and screaming and really moving that through or crying and being in my tenderness with it and that's the, that's the spectrum of the feminine it's all of it it's not just the softness and the sensuousness and the maiden energy, if you will. It's also the wild, the primal. It's the grounded, the rooted, the mother. It's the wisdom. It's so incredibly vast. And so that is why it has been the saving grace. Far beyond just, okay, so I know that I feel better if I, you know, get ready. For instance, this call isn't on video, but I still chose to put some makeup on, put some essential oil blend on that feels really good, get into my essence, wear something that feels good to me versus just staying in my bathrobe. I do love my time in my bathrobe. It's incredibly comfortable, but, but it's like, it's deeper than that. It's way deeper. Mm -hmm. Yes. I love that you pointed that out because I do think a lot of people tend to think that they see it as very one dimensional mm -hmm. and it's not that those things are not valid because, you know, you talk a lot about, you know, you know, remaining in your essence and things. And I think a part of remaining in your essence is getting out of the bathrobe, you know, and, and, and making yourself feel good. And those things are valid, you know, actually putting on some makeup and actually putting on the essential oils to sense that mm, that smells so good. And I feel good wearing this and my hair is done but there's a deeper level that we can access. And I love that you say, yeah, it's just really meeting yourself in the moment and the feminine. I mean, so I love John Wineland, right? Mm -hmm. And he always is saying, you know, the masculine, so that's the consciousness. The feminine is the love. It's the heart. Mm -hmm. so the heart is what is feeling and feeling is what meeting yourself where you are in any moment and saying, how am I feeling and, and honor yeah. Or what do I yeah. need right now? Yes, exactly. And that's for those who are listening. My biggest invitations are give yourself the medicine that you need. And that's going to be incredibly individual. What I've been sharing with my private clients and women in my group and just those who are on social media is really tuning in. The medicine that you need could actually be, you know, saying, you know what? I really want to curl up and watch Netflix for 10 hours in a bathrobe and snack and that is going to be the most freeing thing because I have spent the last five years getting up at six in the morning and putting on a full face of makeup and high heels. And this is what's freeing to me. And by all means do that. 
if whatever you're choosing is allowing you to feel the most in your body, the most in your radiance, to feel the best, do that, please. Because there's no one size fits all with humans in general, but my goddess, especially when it comes to the feminine. But if you're actually feeling like for me, for instance, I will recognize there's a point where I've worn my bathrobe for three days in a row and not washed it. <laughs> and my hair is just in a messy bun. And I'm like, and this no longer feels freeing or good. And then it's time <laughs> to shift it up. And so your medicine might look like moving lots of energy through and boxing. Your medicine might look like curling up in that bathrobe. Your medicine might look like wearing lingerie around the house and high heels, whatever it is for you but trusting your unique desires to leave you there. Absolutely. And I think that if we feel good, that is only contributing to the collective consciousness. Oh, yes. And then, I mean, whew, like adding another layer, those who are sharing the home with us. And it's, it's really nuanced. You know, for some people, it's much simpler because it's with a partner. And for others, it's you're navigating having kiddos at home, maybe even possibly elderly family members and it's so incredibly important for you to find the things that will allow you to stay in your essence, even if that's just locking the door for 20 minutes and really giving yourself that spaciousness and that time. Yes, absolutely. I, I really, I, I completely agree. I think it's, we're really doing ourselves and then the greater, the greater world, such a disservice if we, I think if we fully allow ourselves to be swallowed, that's a good, that's a good word. I'm feeling like swallowed or suffocated or drowned by everything that's happening. If we allow ourselves to go there and we don't take care of ourselves to feel good, you know, what is that serving? Who is that serving? What is that? It's certainly not serving you. So Exactly. It's, it's a choice point. You know, what I, what I keep coming back to is those of us who are blessed enough to be able to use this time to grow. It is oh, like my deepest invitation to do that. And I recognize that that's not available for everyone. You know, for instance, Matthew's sweet sister-in-law, Sarah, if you hear this, my goddess woman, I am sending you love. She has four little ones at home. And that is, you know, a massive endeavor. And so that situation might look really different from people like us, where we aren't working with children at home, where we aren't navigating that exact dynamic. And thanking all of those who are out there who are on the front lines, who are doing the medical testing, who are in the hospitals, you know, their, their time is incredibly different right now. And my invitation for you is unless it is genuinely your highest truth and feels the most enlivening and freeing to you to spend this time just lounging about and doing whatever and, you know, just kind of being in that way, then use this time to dive deeper into whatever it is that you get to work on. For me personally, it's my fitness. I'm devoting back into that and really anchoring that into my body. For all the women who, you know, are joining my courses and my private clients, it's coming into their essence, their pleasure practice, their rituals, finding that alchemy and their relationship. It's different for everyone, but using this time is so, so, so invaluable. Mm, absolutely. And thank you for pointing that out. It is a privilege. Absolutely. A privilege. And we cannot forget that. We cannot. Okay. Well, honestly, just segueing right into that then. <laughs> I knew that we were going to talk about this. So along those lines of pleasure, I know that you're very passionate about, passionate about having a devoted 
self-pleasure practice. And this is something that I feel like, mm, I don't know that women really talk a lot about self-pleasure, certainly not in the way I think that you talk about self-pleasure. I certainly don't think people are just hanging out talking about like their self-pleasure practices. I mean, (laughs) you know, so this is, I feel like, and also, hello, we're, we're home a lot right now, Andrea. Yes. So along those lines, when you say having an evolved and devoted self-pleasure practice, what you, those two specific words, evolved and devoted, those seem very intentional to me. So I want to ask you why those two words, what does that really mean and look like to have a devoted, evolved pleasure, self-pleasure practice as a woman? Mm, mm, yeah. So I'm going to tune in for a moment and just feel into what wants to come through there. <sighs> so <laughs> oh, that, that, like really giving yourself the space to take a proverbial breath and come back home into your body. And it's a choice. You know, the, the more masculine equivalent, the devotion might be claimed as commitment, right? It's like the follow through, that get shit done energy. Um, the feminine, though, it's devotion. It's being more devoted to what it is that we're creating than we are to sabotaging whatever it is that's occurring in our system. And so, you know, evolving our practice, like a continuing relationship with our body, getting to know her through the years, through the different timelines, how she evolves, you know, as we're on different times in our moon cycle, our bleeding on like a small scale, on a big scale, how she's evolving through things like childbirth and breastfeeding and postpartum and all the way into the menopausal time in life, you know, continuing to meet her and get to know her like a lover who you're continuing to come back with after periods of time, not pretending like, oh, I just suddenly know even myself in my pleasure practice. It was just evolving recently into having an entirely different type or like style of orgasm than I typically would have. And I'm like, oh, interesting. Never has this come through before. And apparently this is happening now. And that wouldn't be happening if I had locked myself into thinking it had to look one way or be a certain way. And the devotion really comes down to knowing that it is such a core aspect of life to stay connected. And again, it's not just a sexy turn on type of thing. It's meeting your body and meeting yourself. Sometimes the devotion might look like you go into a self-pleasure practice and instead that turns into a deep relief of grief or a deep relief of trauma that has been imprinted somewhere in the body, particularly Yoni. Sometimes it looks like anger. Sometimes it looks like laughter and just cackling with joy the entire time and all throughout. And so really continuing to devote to meet yourself through it all. And I am, you know, it's what you said too. It's like, we're not all walking around talking about our self-pleasure practice. If I have anything to say about it, I would totally change that. Like one of my favorite things ever is getting a text pop up on my phone from one of my private clients. And it's like, oh my God, I just had the best orgasm of my life. And like, wow, it felt like this. And it just brings me such joy. And in our relationships, platonic relationships with our female friends, that is a really special thing too. 
to celebrate each other's pleasure, to celebrate each other's growth and not have it be something that's just hidden in the closet and viewed as dirty and shameful and wrong and weird, which is what it has been for so, so, so many years when it comes to female pleasure. Mm -hmm. Right. So in terms of that word evolved as well, you, I've seen you post about them before and I, I own them myself, the, the crystal wands. Mm-hmm. Um, is that something that, would you say that that in and of itself is an evolution for a lot of women moving away from vibrators and, and different things? And, and is that a part of evolution? Is that an example of? That is a fantastic example. Yes. So it's a, they're really amazing tools to give a little bit of background on them just for context in case you haven't heard. So what we're talking about here is yoni eggs and yoni wands. And these are traditionally made out of, especially the eggs crystals. The original ones were made out of jade used in Taoist tradition, um, particularly with the women who served the emperor in China and then this lineage transmuted down. And the wands have kind of evolved beyond that and become this amazing pleasure tool, but also healing tool. We might touch on some point in this call on things called vaginal and cervical de-armoring and wands are amazing for that. And as far as the, the piece with evolving past different sex toys, like for instance, a vibrator, yes. And I'll preface by saying I am not against vibrators you know, at all times, you know, we, we have a handful here that all use at various times for different reasons, especially can be convenient when you're bleeding. And if you're not wanting to go messy with it all, it's like, okay, this is handy. This is easy. And there is a tendency for dependency and for also um, desensitization. That's, that's part of my history that I've talked openly with. From a very young age, I became dependent on vibrators. It was the only way that I could orgasm and really experience pleasure. And then that took me on a deep journey. It was part of my my catalyst in this journey of evolved, if you will, um, sexuality, both with others and myself, where I weaned myself off of that. And what's fun is that ended up changing and shifting and merging and melding into a different course that I have. It's not active right now, but it's called the Vibrator Detox. And that supports other women who are presently addicted, if you will, or dependent is a better word, on the sensation of vibrators to come off of them so that it's a a healthy thing. Because ideally, we don't want to just say, I'm completely disowning this thing. I am all for pleasure in all sorts of ways, but when it's the only way that we can experience pleasure. I mean, that's a piece too, to to dive even further into the evolution. It's shifting things up in the way that you are meeting pleasure, both with yourself and with a partner. So with yourself, the invitation is shifting the way that you're touching yourself. If you use your right hand, shift to your left hand. If you use fast and hard motions, shift to soft and more um, intentional and rhythmic. If you're using only external, then play with the internal and vice versa. And then same thing in our partnerships, you know, most couples will fall into the pattern of only having sex one way, particularly if it gets to that point of like, okay, I want to orgasm. So now I'm going to get into that one position that does that one thing. And you touch me here and I scratch my ear this way and boom, done. (laughs) 
and, and that really locks us into a limited relationship with pleasure. So I hope that kind of spoke into it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that. Scratch your ear. <laughs> Put your hand here. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so <clears throat> do you okay in the in the in the course the vessel, the, the one that mm-hmm. you know, coming out. Do you go over things? Do you talk about those types of things, such as using crystal wands, using yoni eggs, or how to find internal orgasm? Because I know for a lot of women, um, the thought of having a cervical or an internal orgasm without the clitoris is really confusing. And um, it's, mm. it seems kind of like a fairy tale, like, oh, that would yeah. be nice. It would be yeah. really nice to be able to feel that sensation during sex, but I actually don't think I can um, without having the external. So I'm just curious, is that a part of the vessel? Yeah, yeah. I'll speak into that in a moment. And then first I want to say to any woman who is listening to this call, oh, inviting in the knowing that your vessel, your body is an orgasmic one. It is full of endless possibility it is full of so much pleasure and that pleasure is your birthright it is there for you it is right for the exploration and right for the experience and please know that as you continue to devote and show up and meet your body in a new way then that will unlock so many different doors mm-hmm. and to speak into the vessel piece yeah we are going to be diving deep into it so a huge element of this. I've been doing (laughs) a lot of, a lot of intake calls because I'm really intentional with who comes into my group programs on this level. I really want it to be a a very um, designed thing, if you will, a selective thing. And so really what I've been sharing with these women and really talking about is how this is actually a form of the education that we didn't receive because very, very few of us receive any proper form of sex education, of education around our bodies and our pleasure and our essence, and really coming into that, back into that. And so what this looks like is teaching us the things that our mothers didn't teach us, teaching us the things that the school system didn't teach us, but in a way that actually takes into account the energetics in an even deeper way. So a piece of that is 100% the yoni eggs, the yoni ones, the de-armoring. I alluded earlier to things like vaginal, cervical, anal de-armoring. That's absolutely a piece is learning how to do that within the body. And then there's so much more that comes into it, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. But long story short, yes, it is there. Beautiful, beautiful. The de-armoring, I have heard this, I've definitely heard of this term before, I've read about this term. I just want to, so can we, can we go there a little bit because I think that this is something oh, yeah. that I think will speak to a lot of women and this is a primarily female audience. Mm-hmm. Um, what exactly do you mean when you say de-armoring? Yeah, I'm happy to answer. First, I'll check in. The fireplace is crackling kind of loudly in the background, and I want to make sure that isn't transferring weirdly to your end. Is that okay, or would it be more supportive if I say it again? You're totally okay. Oh, good. Okay. I heard it. I'm like, what is that noise? I'm like, oh, it's it's the wood. (laughs) Beautiful. Okay, so de-armoring. So 
the background to this or the, the first layer of this is that unfortunately most people and I'm going to speak mostly to women here because that's who I'm working with so actually I'll speak directly to that and any men or masculine beings who are listening to this then please you know this is referencing that and applies to all the the feminine beings in your life um so essentially we all have had some sort of trauma that we've taken on at least that's been my experience in working you know with countless women around the globe for many 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 years and this trauma can be something that's really subtle so for instance allowing yourself to be entered whether that is by yourself your partner, a tool, even a tampon, forcing that entry into yourself before your body is actually ready and receptive can cause micro trauma, micro fissures in the tissue internally. And that registers in the body over a period of time if that's happening on a continual basis as trauma. And then of course there is unfortunately existing pardon in the world, more acute trauma that's happening. Um, and that might be an incident that happened and that really programmed some deep and intense things into your body. And lastly, we can carry trauma down from our family, particularly our feminine maternal lineage. So there might have been something that your mother encountered or your grandmother encountered. And even though you didn't have that same experience in your life, your body might be shutting down in a way to protect itself. This can sometimes register as what is diagnosed in the gynecological world as vaginismus. This is something that I personally would have technically been diagnosed with had I been more in like the Western medical world many years ago. And that is where you're experiencing pain at the vulval entrance, at the, the vaginal entrance, I guess, right inside. And Oh, and so many women experience this. And it's the thing is, though, it is a psychosomatic pain. It's not linked to anything, actually. It's not that there actually is anything that is, quote unquote, wrong or needing to be fixed there. But here's the crazy thing. <laughs> in the medical world or in like the Western medical world, the solution for this is often injecting steroids into the vaginal tissue. And so anyway, I kind of went off on a, like a divergence there. Oh, but oh. yeah. So, so because, and I guess I'll speak into that because there might be, in fact, I would guarantee that there is at least a handful of women who are listening to this, who have had that experience of this unidentifiable pain that often registers as a burning sensation. And my invitation is please, please, please explore these other methods first. There are so many other things. Personally, how I healed that was specifically with things like yoni eggs and vaginal dearmoring and womb breathing and really meeting myself and healing it through pleasure and the dearmoring practice. And so, you know, it's a whole in-depth thing to, to get into the actual house of it. And obviously it's something that I go into in my private work and courses, but the, the key is that we're going in, we're finding the points internally or just on the, the outside that are carrying this pain. So you might've experienced that when you've been penetrated again by yourself or a partner where you hit a point that's like, Ooh, ow, like that was actually a little bit tender. Nothing's technically there, but what might be there on an energetic level is some kind of stored trauma or what we could say as like armor that's being kept over the body. This is especially applicable when it comes to the cervix so many women will have the experience where they have cervical pain 
when they are receiving, particularly if it's from a partner who has a lot of link to them, if you catch my drift, um, or from a tool. And the thing is, my loves, is the cervix is actually one of the most pleasurable places that we can have. And unlocking it and de-armoring it opens up an entirely new world. And it's a journey. And so many women probably listening to this right now are feeling that they've either experienced cervical pain or cervical numbness and know that that can be de-armored, that can be unlocked so that the cervix becomes one of the highest points of pleasure, one of the most potent places that you can reach within you. And then beyond that, our cervix tells us a million and one things like when we are ovulating and fertile and really valuable information if we're tracking our cycles and being aware of conception. Mm. You mentioned womb breathing mm-hmm. as a tool to help with mm-hmm. that armoring. Can you explain a little bit what womb breathing is? I don't think that a lot of people under, um, have done, I think there's a lot of breath work out there. Uh-huh. A lot of breath work, a lot of breath work, teachers, tools, thinking of yoga practices and different things. But I don't think that woo breathing is necessarily something that people just hop into a yoga class and their teacher says, let's do womb breathing. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, mm-hmm. Again, it's like the things that we're not taught. You're taught how to do, you know, ujjayi breath and different things mm-hmm. in yoga classes. But I, I've never been told by anyone like, in a regular quote unquote setting, let's do womb breathing. Um, yeah, yeah I hear you. And, and it's one of those things that's interesting with so many of these terms, there are many different lineages and practitioners. And so if you look up womb breathing, you might get a handful of different definitions depending on what lineage you're working with. What I personally am referring to and will lead you through in just a moment, at least a few of those breaths, is really allowing the energy to reach and circulate down into the womb space to create spaciousness there to connect with it. It's also really beautifully connected to vaginal breathing or yoni breathing, as we often call it. And so when we're talking about the womb breathing, how I personally facilitate this is by swapping our breath. And this actually mimics how the the breathing patterns are more going when we're in the womb space originally. And so the natural way that humans breathe is when we inhale, the belly expands. When we exhale, the belly contracts and releases. So when we do womb breathing, it's the opposite. So to give you a more practical way of moving through that, I invite you and anyone who's listening who desires to participate for a moment to close your eyes and begin to attune to your breath. Noticing the rise and the fall. Maybe allowing one or both hands to move down and cup your womb space. And so now, gently and slowly, shift how the expansion and contraction is going. So when you inhale, actually allow your belly to contract. And when you exhale, 
allow the belly to expand. And as you do this, feel, perceive, or imagine a soft pink light filling your womb space. Releasing any tension that's held there in the belly, the abdominals, all the way down into the yoni, the perineum. For the next few breaths, allow that energy to meld and flow. Inviting in a sense of expansion. And now on this next inhale, I invite you to fill all the way up, sipping so much air and then holding it at the top, sipping in even just a little bit more air, even just a little bit more. And then when you exhale, we're gonna allow it a nice big sigh. Ah, beautiful. So yeah, so that's, that's really what I'm personally referring to with womb breathing is attuning to the energetic of the womb space, noticing what's going on there, especially valuable when a woman is bleeding, especially if she is experiencing some kind of discomfort or cramps at this time, which PS, you don't have to, those can absolutely be moved through. Part of my journey, part of my client's journeys have been from going to pain and tension and cramping and into actually we enjoy our bleeds now and they're comfortable and they feel good and they provide so much magic. But yeah, how is, how is your body feeling with the womb breathing? You know, that's so, I, I, I it's so different. <laughs> um, I'm a yoga teacher, so I teach more long breathing, which is mm-hmm. big belly breath, inhale with the belly, get really big and exhale. Mm-hmm and contract right and that's how we naturally breathe and in you know it's called long breathing and so it's just so different I found myself I kept going back to my yoga (laughs) it's like trying to rewrite that I'm so used to well so long breathing you know that way that we breathe especially in yoga when it's those really big belly breaths and then exhale pulling in. It's a very mm-hmm. calming breath. Mm-hmm. That's you know, part of why we do it in yoga. It's very calming for the central nervous system. So that womb breathing, it being the opposite. Uh-huh. Um, I'm curious, why is it opposite? Like, what is the intention behind it being opposite? Do you know why we do it the opposite flow? Like, what is that doing? So a piece of it is shifting the way that the chi is moving in the body, the energy is moving in the body. And as I said, it's also linked back to different breath patterns, like in the original time when we're in the womb. And then lastly, it's just a way of reconnecting in a new way. It's bringing presence in, you know, anytime that we do something differently, again, circling back to the invitation to explore newness in your sex life, whether with yourself or a partner, it brings more attention, right? And it's that little nice quote that we all love, like where your attention goes, your energy flows. And so it's bringing that energy through. 
And there's, of course, so many different forms of breath that we can use. You know, there's, there is like Ujjayi breathing and long form breathing. There's a million and one different modalities. My favorite personally, one that I created is called orgasmic breathwork. And oh, I love it so incredibly much. And there's, there's so many different breathworks that are absolute medicine. And my recommendation is finding the ones that work for you, exploring all of them, really making sure that you know what you're doing and finding a practitioner and instructionals that support there and seeing what brings life into your or light and life, I suppose, into your life. Mm, thank you so much for sharing that <laughs> real time. That was great. That was great. <laughs> I love breath work. I am like having a love affair right now with breath work. Yes. <laughs> just loving it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And it's, I mean, hello, breath is prana, is energy, is shakti. It's like, it, it's so good. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I just want to circle back for a second here. Yeah. Because before we start talking about the womb breathing, we were talking about the, 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 the de-armoring mm-hmm. and how different things in our lives can cause that armor to build up. Yeah. So within the yoni. Mm-hmm. So the idea of, you said, even like if we're doing our own pleasure practice and we inserted a wand or used something that we weren't ready yet, or we were with a partner and we had our partner enter us and we were not ready to be penetrated. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that there's a woman out there who honestly is like, no, I've never, I mean, I think everyone, I'm, it would be hard for us to find a woman who hasn't felt like she had been penetrated before she was fully ready or yeah you know it's yeah let's that's yeah that's that's the unfortunate thing it's something that we're not taught ironically it's actually something that I'm sure it is taught by other practitioners and other modalities but I've never actually come across anyone else speaking on it as well and it is vital it is so incredibly vital that we learn to listen to our bodies because what happens there is we are telling our bodies i don't care about your safety i don't care about when you're actually ready i just want what i want in this moment and i get it i've been there i have done it many 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 times and there have been times even in the past you know probably 6 months at least i think one time that i can remember and i and i stopped and i'm like ooh actually i realized she wasn't ready for that And then it's like, okay, like, sweetie, I'm sorry, you know, really like talking to your body, connecting with her, assuring her that you've got her, because otherwise it creates this, this dynamic where your body can't trust you, which is, of course, never what we want. And on a really extreme level, if you do this too often, which again, I'm saying from the perspective of someone who used to do this very often, it can register even as extremely as rape in the body. And it's, you know, allowing yourself to have that sensation. And so it's one thing, you know, plenty of women, as heartbreaking as it is, have and still are having the experience where things are happening to their bodies that they don't want to happen and they did not choose. And then there's this whole other layer of women who are actually allowing themselves to choose this when it comes to their own pleasure practice. It's like, okay, come on, hurry up. Like I've only got, you know, 20 minutes to do this and I really want to have an orgasm. So I'm just going to like kind of stick this thing in and go really quick and really fast and really hard. And who cares that it hurts a little bit and she wasn't actually ready. And there's a little bit of tenderness afterwards, you know, and it's, it's a thing. It's a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And, and I'm also feeling drawn to mention too, just a quick little divergence here when it comes to the wands and the eggs. I would be remiss if I didn't say in here, please be mindful of the kinds that you're choosing and the sources. All crystals and all eggs are not created equally. It has become a very popular market over the last probably five years. So many people are selling them. You can find them on Amazon and eBay and AliExpress. And those are not the places that I would recommend buying them. Often those eggs are dyed different colors, which is going into your yoni. Often they're made with porous materials, which is not good for vaginal health and keeping your pH balance. And so really choosing a reputable seller for these things who you trust. There are a couple that I can more than happily recommend and we can I'm sure put those in the show notes. Um, but really being mindful with that. And then also the invitation is to not rush into the practice. One, please don't boil your crystals that can cause them to crack and also is believed to shift the energy. And then two, there's no need to rush in. Take the time, form a relationship with the crystal, maybe sleep with it under your pillow, connect with it, and never ever ever force your body to open and receive it before she is ready. Please, on behalf of all yonis everywhere. That's my spiel. Half <laughs> of yonis everywhere. I love that. Can we make a shirt that says that? Yes. <laughs> so how do you how do you navigate this, Andrea, with your partner when, ah, okay, so I'm imagining you're in a moment. Not only do, not only do you as the woman say, you're like, well, I do want to have sex. Like, I want to do this, you know, like I'm re- I want, I, I feel ready. I want to do this. But then you're realizing she is not ready. She being your yoni is not ready, but you're like, but I feel like I'm ready. Yeah. Also. <laughs> You don't know how to explain to your partner, like, can we like slow down a little bit? Or is there something like, you know what? I just feel like we need to like, can you maybe touch me a little bit here? Or can Mm -hmm. we slow down or soften? Or can we put some music on or something? I mean, how do you navigate that? It's such a, even among, even among married couples or couples Mm -hmm. who've been together a very long time who know each other very well on an intimate level. Those are, those are touchy conversations I think to have without making the other person feel like they're doing something wrong, especially the man. I think i can really take a men want, you know, from, from my understanding and from my, my own experience, from my readings I've done, men truly do want to see their woman be happy that that's mm-hmm. such great joy to, to, to know that she is, feeling cared for. Yeah. And how do you not make them feel like they are doing something wrong? And how do you navigate that within yourself? And you're like, I feel like I'm ready. And she's just, (laughs) okay. So there's, there's a few different pieces I desire to touch on here and I'm going to try and remember them all. And if not, that's perfect too. So first I just acknowledge how genuinely frustrating that moment is. I get it. I get it because I still have those moments. In fact, like just to share totally vulnerably, last night I had one of those moments. My beloved and I had carved out time to have a session, which is what we call them, and we're really looking forward to it. And my body was just 
not having it. And we chose to honor that and shift gears and connect, you know, intimately in another way through breath and then just cuddle up together. And then what was amazing was because we listened to that this morning, we were able to connect in the most delicious of ways, which started the day off wonderfully. And I really genuinely get that frustration on a core level. I still experience it myself where it's like, my mind is saying this, I really want to have sex, you know, for people who are like, oh my God, this was literally the only half hour that we had in between bedtime, like for the kids. <laughs> and it's like, no. <laughs> and I promise you, the rewards will be so much greater. You know, the example that just popped into mind is, for instance, if you're working with a little animal, let's say a cute little kitty, if you get my little illusion there, <laughs> or alluding. <laughs> um, so a cute little kitty who might have had some stuff happen and some trauma, and she's scared. And she doesn't fully, like, always feel ready to come out. What is going to work better? Forcing her and, like, pulling her out from under the couch where she's, she's you know, feeling comfortable and safe. Or is it going to work better to gently coax her to say, hey, your timeline is okay. You're safe. I've got you. I love you. You're not wrong. I know that this thing happened or I know things happened that I'm not even aware of. And that's okay. And I'm going to take as long as you need. And like, which of those is going to create a better eventual result? Like 100% working with the timeline that is needed there and so really breathing and also allowing yourself to feel it too you know in those moments it might look like feeling frustrated and getting to cry a little bit and getting to be like this sucks i really wanted to connect this way and there's also a lot of different things like tuning in and listening to your body in those moments so that's one way that it could go you know honoring your experience it might look like this sucks i'm feeling some stuff i'm really bummed because we haven't connected in a couple weeks and I was so excited for this time and now my body's not cooperating and being in the emotions there. It could also look like sensually and playfully shifting gears. It could look like, pardon, saying, you know, to your beloved or just doing like, oh, actually, I have a different idea in mind and really focusing on his or their pleasure for a while. There's a lot of different options when it comes to it, but to come into the piece that you asked around communicating this with a partner, particularly with a masculine partner, right? Because when we have woman-on-woman -woman relationships, that can be simpler in some ways, more complex in some ways, but simpler and that both parties have a vagina and both parties get the different nuances that are there and maybe are more subtly attuned. But when it comes to men and women on a biological level, we're really different in that way. And so, the invitation first and foremost is to start these conversations outside of the bedroom. Like this shouldn't just be a thing that's sprung, like good sex starts with each and every conversation that you're having, how you're interacting with outside of that, owning your truths, owning your voice, really sharing and learning how to share with each other in a way that the other can hear. And one tip that I'll share in there as far as communicating with the masculine, is it works really well to share from the positive perspective. So what is working? So, oh my God, sweetie, like I love it when you've been kissing me this way and touching me this way and it feels so good. And like, oh, I could just stay in your arms forever. And I'm noticing my body needs a little bit more time. So would you mind doing that thing you were doing earlier that felt so freaking good to my body? 
Yeah, really learning how to communicate in that way. Um, and then also recognizing feelings get hurt. You know, we all have different wounds that we're working with, um, different belief systems that we've taken on about our abilities or bodies or prowess, if you will. And knowing that if you're in a union that you're having healthy, conscious communication, you'll get to be able to move through those things. It might take a minute. It might take a few shed tears. It might take an honest conversation of sharing the hurts, but it is very much available. Thank you for sharing all of that. Those are all beautiful mm-hmm. suggestions because it is something that is um, happens. It happens. Yeah, it does. Yeah, but I think with um, oh, that word communication, <laughs> so, so important in, um, in an intimate relationship where two people are respecting the other persons as sovereign individuals who have needs and desires and really listening to them and what they need in that moment. And like, this is circling back to what we said in the very beginning when you said, meet yourself in the moment. Mm-hmm. Right. So meet yourself in the moment when you're not yeah. quite ready. You're not quite ready. That doesn't mean yeah. you might get ready in 10 minutes. You might be like, I'm ready. Uh, <laughs> Let's go. Mm-hmm. You might be ready immediately. And then sometimes the thing that worked last time won't work. And that's an invitation to drop in and know that there are endless solutions. My, my other suggestion is really coming back to the place of inquiry. Like that is such a foundational thing throughout all of life, but in the bedroom as well. So asking, what does my body need right now? What would allow her to open? What is, you know, what is the block that's here? What would feel genuinely really good? What is the most easeful way that I can move through this? Or what would it look like, again, to use this as an invitation to focus out on my partner and give him or her or them really delicious and amazing loves? Mm. So we have been talking a lot about the body and sex- female sexuality. And I, I have to bring this up. Mm-hmm. I've been seeing a lot of people talking about this as of late. Um, it seems like a trendy thing that I'm seeing trendy, not in a bad way, but I am seeing a lot of people talking about it. And it's this, that there is this all of a sudden in the, in the, the collective like consciousness. Now everyone is discussing how the vocal cords are very connected to <laughs> the, 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 the vagina and the way that those muscles are and that they even look somewhat similar. And mm-hmm. it's, I've been seeing some different diagrams of how they're, they're very similar in structure and, Obviously, I, I know, and you know, I've talked about this on the podcast before, that the feminine is very much about being seen and being heard. The, those are key qualities of the, of the feminine. And so when we talk about that, the heard part, and we're talking about the vocal cords and the throat chakra and communication, there's that word again. Mm-hmm. Part one, I guess, is what do you have to say about that connection between the voice and our yoni? And I know that you have something special that you said that you would do for us here today with, oh. <laughs> with your um, vocal alchemy as you call it, which I just love that name. Thank it's, you, darling. <laughs> just, 
It just sounds like, it sounds so magical and lush, oh. doesn't it? I mean, <laughs> I like <laughs> Thank you. I know Thank that you'll share that, but first, I just want to hear some of your thoughts on this. I'm sure you've seen this. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a funny thing to me. I'm like laughing at the trendy piece because you're right. It has been circulating around the internet, especially the last six months. And for me personally in my work, I've been merging two together for about seven years now. And basically the, how this happened was through my vocal alchemy. When this came online, I started studying more so the vocal cords and the connection between if, if you do just all you have to do now is Google a picture, you could say vocal cords yoni and side by side will come up. And it looks so much like the vulval structure. And there's the reasoning for that. It's because of the direct pussy throat link that is there. And so we start to unlock this by merging the two, by starting to work with the voices. One of the most potent things that you can do in the bedroom is inviting lots of sounding in. But for your embodiment practice as well, we've, we've focused more on the pleasure piece thus far, but the embodiment, allowing yourself to sound, to allow these sounds to come through. I mean, you think of what allows a woman to birth. It's these guttural, these deep sounds. And that's a huge piece. Many women in the bedroom feel like they need to stay in the, um, I, I can't think of like a clever title for it in the moment, but like the more like pornographic voice, you know, it's like like the, the traditional little moans and squeaks of pleasure that we were exposed yeah, to. We know exactly what they sound like. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and like everyone probably has them in their head right now. And you know, that's one piece of it. And if that's your genuine expression, great. But it also could literally be roars. It could be yells. It could be laughter, like cackling wildly like a witch. It could be, you know, cries. It could be soft noises. It could be whatever it is. And so both in and out of the bedroom, really inviting in that link between the two. And so, oh, what was the other piece I was going to speak into? I mean, same thing, you know, as, as you're moving through the practice, especially if you're in the dearmoring and you find a spot that's really hurting, one of the biggest tools that I work with is sounding it out. So really allowing the resonance in the vocal cords to go all the way down into that space and to start to work that out, asking it, what sound? Does this have a sound? And then allowing that sound to come out and it might surprise you what that sound is. When you give yourself permission, it might be the smallest little sound of a little girl that was suppressed or had an experience. It might be a roar that is louder than any roar that you have ever made in your life. But really giving yourself permission to go there is absolute medicine. What about in daily life, outside of the bedroom? How can we tap into Using that voice and activating that voice to mm-hmm. activate into our power. What does that look like? Oh, I mean, you know, it's the same thing. It's all a representation. So same thing. If you feel something coming up, that might be a trigger. That might be just a wave of emotion that's coming over you asking, does this have a sound? And then allowing yourself to sound it out, to move it out. I'm a massive, as you clearly are too advocate of embodiment practices and as you're moving it through the body i know you have a divine system that you've been developing recently like moving it through the body in these different modalities 
and allowing the sound to carry with that, allowing that really to come through and opening the vocal cords in that way. Mm -hmm. And this translates in our daily life into things like having boundaries with people, really owning your voice in that way. And my first and foremost invitation when a woman comes to me and she's struggling with boundaries is starting with the most basic of things. So for instance, if you go out to a restaurant and you like, well, now, oh, I just had a sad moment. I'm like, none of us are going to restaurants. (laughs) (laughs) Um, When all of this is over, when you go out to a restaurant, if you typically like no ice in your drink, And you said that and they bring you a drink instead of just accepting that and like, well, he didn't hear me or, you know, I, I, it's fine. I'll just drink it. Really owning that. It doesn't have to be in a bitchy way. It doesn't have to be in a rude way saying, Hey, actually I ordered a drink with no ice. So thank you for getting a replacement for that. And those are the subtle ways that we start to build that up. It looks like really asking for what you want. Um, Just in things in life, if you're getting a massage, That's another great one too, like asking the masseuse, like actually can you focus more on this area? Whereas previously you might've been like, oh no, like it's fine. They know what they're doing better than I do. Mm -hmm. And really finding these these little micro areas of life, which then add up to much bigger things. Absolutely. I I like to just say, this is taking up space. (laughs) Yep. Take up some space. Yep, yep, yep. That's, you know, to your point of, yes, like the systems that I do are very, they're very somatic based. There's a lot of, there's, you know, I teach yoga, I teach intuitive dance, and I have another method I just came out with called the bliss method. That's a a workout, body, mind workout class. And it's very somatic and it's very, everything is very focused on the body and the breath and making noise and, and literally taking up space in the body and doing all these different movements but then also using the ha or ha, you know, in big sounds. And mm-hmm. I once heard someone say, and I don't remember who, I wish I did, but that I'm a big fan of, I call it the art of the sigh. Oh. And so someone once said that sigh was an acronym for sit in God's hands. And oh. as of late, I've started saying sit in goddess's hands. Yeah. I think that just perfectly sums up how I feel when I do something as simple as, <sighs> right? like you just need that. And your body, this is the cool thing is that your body does it. In, it does it on its yeah. own. Like yeah. it, physically, it will, your body will take a big breath and sigh for you. For example, when you're holding your breath, cause you're really stressed and you don't realize mm-hmm. it. And then all of a sudden you go, <sighs> Yeah. And like you take this big sigh of breath out, this big exhalation because your body knows like you need to calm down and sighing. I learned that it literally, if you can actually get the feeling of the uh, feeling of like the vibrating uh, in the back of the Mm -hmm. throat, that that activates a nerve that runs down the vagal nerve. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And that is connected to your central nervous system. Yep. (laughs) Yes, I, I know, like, I know you know, but these are all- Oh, I'm just excited. I'm like, yes, yes, keep going. <laughs> these are all things that I, I teach about and I, I do speaking now about them because like, this is such powerful knowledge to know that this is connected to your central nervous system and your place of hello nervous system and staying calm and in chaos and mm-hmm. crisis. 
So this is not like, again, this is like looping us back to the beginning of why so important. Here's why it's so important. I'm feeling fired up about it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. About it. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you so much. Yeah. yeah. And bringing, bringing all of this into your life. I mean, I feel like it's medicine that both you and I are holding for the world and yeah, bringing it in, bringing the sounding in, bringing the moving in, bringing the feeling in. And you can also share, you know, like one nice thing to do is if you are, especially with the home sabbatical, as I've been calling it happening, uh, you can share with the people who you're around. Hey, I'm exploring this new thing. I, I often will suggest, you know, if, if people are doing something that others might consider a little bit off kilter, blame it on me. Like be like literally like, oh yeah, I saw this podcast and like they said to do this. So I'm trying it out, you know? And so it's like starting to explore that in your life. And then you'll be surprised at who, who feels inspired to join in too. Yeah, Absolutely. So what I would love to do now, Andrea, is I would love to give you an opportunity to first talk about where people can connect with you because they're literally, there's no way they're going to get off this call if they don't, (laughs) they're going to be like, okay, I need to, I need to do that. I need to. (laughs) So how can we connect with you? How do we learn more about the vessel, your new group women's coaching program? Mm -hmm. And then once we go over all of that and you can share all of your beautiful offerings right now, then I think I would love to transition right into then like taking a breath giving you an opportunity to tune in and go into some vocal alchemy, mm. to close the call with that vocal alchemy so that we can leave on that note. Does that sound good? Yeah, I love it. I've never in a podcast uh, done vocal alchemy, so I love it. It's special. Thank you for that invitation. And yes, okay. So as far as where to reach me, where to find me, I am very present on social media for the most part. If you look up Andrea E. Nicholas on Facebook, you will find my profile. I have a women's free private Facebook group called the Soulful Vessel Sisterhood. Um, You can probably link to that to Instagram. It is andrea.e.nicholas. And then lastly, my website is soulfulvessel.com. As far as the vessel program itself, to just give a small recap, or not recap, but a description of that, the full title of it is The Vessel, Sacred Sexuality, and Feminine Embodiment. And so within it, we're diving into some core areas. One, of course, is (laughs) what's happening in the world right now. You know, when I originally created this program, it was needed as is, and I almost decided to wait to reveal it. And then I realized now is the exact time that women get to be coming back into their bodies, their essence, their pleasure, their rituals, their voice, and in a container of sisterhood. So we're going to be doing really relevant things like learning how to move through this rage, this fear, this grief, this anger, like all of this that is coming up with what's happening in the world through different things like breathwork, like embodied movement, voice activation, really linking those two together. We'll be working with feminine archetypes. Um, we're going to come into the pleasure piece. So again, receiving that education that you never did as a young woman 
really the basic levels of your body, things like yoni mapping, learning the different places. We'll be doing de-armoring work, so deep instruction there with yoni eggs and wands. We'll be moving into what happens after that point. So using your pleasure for things like sex magic rituals, orgasmic manifestation, all the deliciousness that's in there. And then all of this is going to be woven together with sisterhood. So you'll be paired if you choose to join in and if you're approved because there is an application process, you'll be paired with a woman in the program who you're going on the journey with and are gonna be connecting so deeply in sisterhood. What does it look like to reclaim the forgotten aspects of our feminine essence, our sisterhood, translating that into modern day? And then how do we alchemize that in our relationships, our partnerships, all of that? So anyway, if you desire to learn more, because there is much more, then I'm happy to share. We'll put the link on the show notes for you. And anything else that wants to come through in that way? Um, mm. Well, I guess to the other, my other main passion in life, besides the sacred sexuality and feminine embodiment, I'll share also that Matthew and I do facilitate in that realm together. He has the men's version, which you obviously talked about and you can go back to it here in the last episode, which I think in the last one was he, no, he had already launched the pillar that was already out, but he has a new pillar coming out soon for the men. And we do offer discounts for people who sign up to both, but we facilitate together in the realm of Tantra and sacred sexuality, mostly at live events, which naturally are on pause right now, but stay tuned. And then my other main passion in life is the vocal alchemy. And so as you'll hear in a moment, essentially what I do is I never know what is going to come out. I open my throat. I open my yoni. I allow my vessel to be a conduit for that which wants to come through. And so when I tune into this, I tune into the energetic that you and I are bringing into the world. What is meant to touch the hearts, the wombs, and the souls of those who are listening. And it's unique. So we'll see what desires to come through and whatever it is will be, especially for you with what it sounds like outside of my headphones is rain pitter-pattering outside. <laughs> mm, thank you. It'll be beautiful no matter what. You sound perfect. Mm, thank you. Thank you. Okay. So for those listening, I guess, are you good with the talking? Yes. Okay. Amazing. So for those who are listening, if you're able to, I invite you to find a comfortable position, even laying down if you can, but if not, just taking a few moments to be. And I invite you to begin to allow your breath to come full and deep. If it feels good to you, maybe even creating a circular breath, maybe even with open mouth. So a nice inhale. And exhale, seeing if you can loop the two together. So there's no pause between the inhale and the exhale. And as you receive the vocal alchemy, giving yourself permission to feel whatever it is that naturally arises. That could be simply a moment of pause and peace, maybe even falling asleep. It could be some deeper emotions, 
some tears that come up. It could even be an energetic orgasm. It's happened before. And whatever it is, is so welcome here. Okay. Maybe wrapping your arms around yourself, giving a big hug. Maybe nuzzling your shoulder, giving your skin a little kiss and inviting in a sense of safety, that you are held, that all of this is unfolding in your favor. All the unknown, all the turmoil, all the mystery. 
and inviting in a sense of trust in the unfolding. Thank you so much for receiving. And thank you so much for having me on. Thank you so much, Andrea. Thank you, truly. Thank you. Mm. <laughs> My pleasure. Mm. My lovelies. How lovely was that? I actually asked Andrea after the call, how has no one asked you on a podcast to do that? <laughs> if you're feeling called to snag a yoni wand or egg for yourself, lucky you, you can use my code FEMPITTSBURGH10. This is from another membership I have. FEMPITTSBURGH10, that's F-E-M-M-E-P-G-H-10, for 10% off your purchase from the empowered woman so the link for that is in the show notes fem pittsburgh 10 for 10 percent off i personally love my g-spot rose quartz wand and my amethyst wand both that were actually gifts from my husband <laughs> they're gorgeous gifts but you can gift them to yourself i actually leave them out because they're just so beautiful so i don't hide them away i leave them out right there in our bedroom because they're just gorgeous they're crystal they're beautiful and if you loved this episode please write me a short review on itunes because that lets them know that we're important And then they push self-care spotlight out to more people. That's how that works. And I know that we need self-care, like real talk self-care, more than ever. I know I always say that, but seriously, right now, truly, this is the antidote. And also, come say hi on Instagram, at Alyssa Cousins. I've got some free embodied movement class offerings over there. And also, I would just love to say hi to you. So again, at Alyssa Cousins. Till next time, thank you for taking care of you and therefore others.